Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 79 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook, at Temple of Geek, for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Well, hello. So, well, hello we there. Take a week off. Yeah. Um, uh, hello. We took a week off, and uh, maybe we've had a little bit of time to uh, play some games. What have you been up to? I have played so many games. You are going to be so impressed. Um, <laughs> so the first game I played was um, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. It's free this month um, on Games with Bold. I think until the 15th of April it's free. Uncertain. Um, but if you didn't get a chance to download it, it's a great game. I definitely recommend playing paying a used price for it. Um, It's got a really good story mode where you collect badges by helping different heroes in the zombie side or the plant side. Um, You get an achievement for every one of these badges pretty much. Um, And there's loads of achievements to earn in the game. So it's quite a lot of gamer score that you can get off of this title. Um, The cooperative multiplayer, they have split screen as well as online multiplayer, which is amazing and rare in games. It's very fun. It's wave-based. PVE clearance, uh, 10 waves per match. You get tons of coins. You can open sticker packs with them. It's really, really a solid game and lots of fun. Um, So I highly recommend that. I've even done the PVP and uh, it helps you if you're a noob by resurrecting you with more health if you die tons, uh, which I do. So um, (laughs) it's a really good game. I super recommend that one, but it's not the only one that I played, Stacey. It's not the only one. What? I know. I played two more games this week because who is she? Um, I <laughs> I played uh, Apex Legends, the new okay. Fortnite challenger, um, and I've got some right. opinions, and I hate okay. it. Oh, really? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. First off, you are forced into a squad of three, so it's got way okay. less game modes. I like to play either by myself, completely by myself, because I don't want any, anyone else to see how bad I suck or how much I'm hiding, um, or I like to play with people that I know, which is usually one other person at a time. So having to have a third stranger in the group at all times really sucked, especially because much like Halo, it looks like it's trying to figure out how to pair you with, like what level to pair you with um, in different matches. So we were getting paired with people with like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kills and our stats were zero across the board. Um, And they stayed at zero. I did not successfully kill. I don't even think I successfully shot anybody um, because the people playing this seem to be much more um, FPS based. It's obviously slightly more realistic. There are each of your characters has some sort of special ability, which I couldn't really figure out how to make use of. Um, But you kind of do a round robin choosing your character. So in that way, it's a bit like Overwatch sort of. Um, But unlike Overwatch, I feel like the barrier to 
joining this game is actually a bit higher. Um, there are only 60 people in a match, so it is technically easier to win. Your odds are, you know, one in, in 60 people versus one in 100. Um, but I found it challenging to identify when I was being shot at. Um, I found it hard to even find other people to shoot. And when I did, they were usually behind me um, and I was dead. And um, <laughs> being paired up with somebody who obviously knows the game better, I felt bad for that person because we really sucked. So I'm not sold <laughs> on it. I don't think it's as good as Fortnite and I don't think it's gonna last. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Um, so, okay. and I think it's just because they've, they've made the audience smaller by making, forcing you to, to be in a squad with a stranger and also um, having it be really hyper-realistic and super complicated. Um, there, you like attach things to your basic weapons to upgrade their stats. It just, it's really convoluted. It's not just like pick up a shiny gold gun. Obviously this gun is better, you know, like you had to think about whether or not you had the right attachment for the gun you were holding. I don't know. It sucked. So um, <laughs> the last game that I played, which I think is either today's the last day of the free play or yesterday was, um, was Elder Scrolls Online. I picked that up again. Um, it is a 90 gigabyte game. So let's just talk about how long that took to download. Holy crap. It was like a whole day of downloading. Um, wow. And yeah. I still feel the same about it as I did when I put it down the first time. It is fun. It's like Skyrim again, 2.0 with other people. Um, a lot of the dungeons where there are more public dungeons and other people can come in. I really started to feel like I had built my character wrong. Um, other people just seem to be doing so much more damage and I don't really understand how the character is scaling like, or the bad guys are scaling. Like why was this guy in the dungeon just absolutely wrecking things and I'm dying like every half hour. Um, you obviously have uh, your weapons lose durability. You have to revive at way shrines if you don't have spilled soul gems. So I don't know, it, it felt, just as tedious. I did get some enjoyment out of it. I finally remembered that there's a solo sort of story quest and I kind of threw myself a bit more into the story. Um, and I unlocked my first house, which surprise, surprise, you can't furnish unless you craft furnishings, which takes loads of resources I didn't have because I was actually on the food tier. Um, the provisioning tier, sorry. So I have to work up this new skill to be able to put a bed in my house. Um, or you can buy it with crown currency. Um, and I don't know, that sort of made me sick in my mouth. The fact that when you get the starter home, it comes completely empty. Um, I did have some crown currency somehow, probably some pack gave it to me at some point. So I bought a bed and you cannot sleep in the damn bed. I was literally, I was livid livid what's the point <laughs> what is the point i don't know i thought you were supposed to be able to sleep in the beds and recharge i thought that was like a basic skyrim thing maybe i did something wrong maybe you can only buy the bed for your class i mean i put a different bed in there i don't know if that makes any difference but i'm gonna go through some taverns and see if you can sleep in any beds at all because this was a skyrim thing that i did regularly and you know, yeah. because I, I didn't like traveling at night. I don't like when things sneak up on me. So I only adventured during the day. So I would sleep at normal times like a normal human elf. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, but I played loads of games. I've, I've had a bit more time recently. And um, so far, I would recommend over all of them, Plants vs. Zombies is just a really solid game and a good time. And it didn't matter that it was a bit childish or a bit of a preposterous um, premise. It was good fun. All right. Well, you did play a lot. Um, uh, this is where you're going to say really... that you've only played one game. I did. I, I well, I, I started to play a few games, but I, I came to the realization that after because I downloaded and purchased not in that order uh, the the Division Two, and oh. this is this is my story. So basically, the month of March didn't have any games that I really wanted to play, other than maybe kind of sort of the Division Two. I looked at uh, I looked at all the game releases. I looked at everything that was coming out, and then nothing really caught my attention nothing really grabbed me um it actually made me want to go back and play kingdom hearts 3 which says a lot oh wow um i know it's like i'm but i wasn't quite that bored so uh so i i bought uh division 2 i made a mistake again and purchased a game without without renting it and Jim. and uh downloaded all 89 gigs of it and which which at first told me it was going to take 33 hours to do. So um, I think that's because I had my bandwidth all s split up with um, at least two pe people uh, streaming YouTube and one person playing Fortnite. So it was going to take 33 hours with all that going on. So overnight it finally downloaded and I had like a, you know, maybe a two hour window to play. And so I spent at least an hour making my character. Which I appreciated. I really enjoyed that part of it, you know, making my character. And and I've always done this in pretty much every game where you have some sort of role-playing element uh, where I make my character look the way that I want them to look because you're going to get to see them in the game. And, and uh, you know, if I get to see them and I get that much agency, then well, I'm going to take advantage of it. So, uh, but right off the bat, you see how microtransactions are going to be injected into this because it's like you only get so many choices for things, which is fine. Uh, I mean, you can't have exhaustive choices, but all of the really cool things are behind a paywall, you know? So you can't get, you can't, you only have so many things that you can uh, choose from so many items, hats, glasses, pants. And by so many, I'm not like you have 20, you've got like four or five, sometimes three. Um, different choices uh the faces you have lots of different faces you can choose from you can you can change your cheekbones and lips and the gap or how how wide your eyes are far apart they are you can you can do a lot of you have a lot of choices in it uh you know for the face but in terms of like your gear and stuff you you really don't have a lot of choices but uh so i spent about uh, maybe not quite an hour probably 30 minutes or so doing that and then you get into the game <sighs> And I know that I would get some hate for this as well, but just kind of stay with me for those that have played this game <laughs> uh, or played the first one. Not my bag per se. It's like I I don't mind the the more or less the looter shooter type genre um, or the chest high wall, uh, you know, Gears of War style where you're basically going from uh, chest high wall to chest high wall and then shooting people and then you go to the next thing and next place and you do the same thing that was i mean that was more or less that is more or less the gameplay um what i didn't like is it the in the the user interface and the 
I guess for someone who hasn't played it, there wasn't a lot of introduction. There wasn't a there wasn't much of a uh, of a I guess a, a tutorial to help me figure out like what in the hell I'm doing. And and uh, it just says kind of go to this place, and so you know you've got to get to the White House. That's where you're supposed to be. Um, it has you know I don't know that it's thought provoking or anything. I know Jim Sterling did a did an episode on it. Not taking taking a stand, but not taking a stand on things like making a game about yeah, something, but not really saying statement. what it's supposed to say. Yeah, because um, it basically said, you know, some of your neighbors had guns and some of them didn't, and some people survived. So it's like, are you implying that those with the guns survived and those that didn't have the guns were the ones that died? And well, you know, is that what you're saying? I, whatever. I didn't really care, honestly. Um, I really just wanted to play something that was going to be fun. And that seemed to have a story because all of the reviews I read said that there's about a 20 to 22 hour campaign. And that was fine for me. That was to me, that would have been worth the price of the game if I could have gotten that, you know, a, a solid campaign out of it that had a pretty decent story. A decent story. That's all I'm going for. I don't know what in God's green earth is happening in this game. I played it for about two, <laughs> two and a half hours. And as I was, you know, I got to the I got to the White House and it's kind of like an infirmary. Every floor and room is they're bandaging people. And they gave me a goal and an objective to go to. And the game is beautiful. But I thought one thing that was really telling is the two or three advertisements I saw on 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 YouTube or on whatever I was watching at the time. It's usually probably YouTube. Um, everything that they said about the game had to do with the aesthetics. Everything they said had to do with how the game looks. It did not say one damn thing about how the game plays or what you do in the game. And I thought that was really telling because all of that is true. I cannot argue. It's kind of like Anthem. I cannot argue those games are beautiful. You know, they are, they look great. Um, but I did not have fun. I didn't enjoy it. I, I, I didn't like, uh, I, I started throwing grenades when I wasn't fucking supposed to. I thought, you know, I was like, I don't know what button. I, and again, it's not, it's not me being dad gamer. It's me. This is a user interface. I'm not familiar with. I can, I've played other shooters where it seems more intuitive. What button goes where and what is mapped to what so that I can actually, you know, play the game. This one is, it's a whole nother button system, but usually if that's the case, they have a tutorial for you, you know, that show you, Hey, throw a grenade at this place. And they're going to show you how to do that. And then this one, okay. Where well, you're going to snipe this individual. So they show you how to set that up. You know, yeah, even, even like call of duty would let you go through like a, an, an obstacle course or something where they're teaching you how to get behind cover, get up, aim and shoot somebody, get up, aim and shoot somebody, and then go from place to place. And, you know, and they, they could do that as like a time trial. And that was one of your training things, but that was a tutorial built into the game. And I think that the tutorial for this one was, there was a tutorial. It was really easy to get to the White House, but I didn't know what I was doing. And it took me much longer than it probably should have, you know, because I was figuring out the buttons because they don't tell you. And the script is so small on the TV that I, I mean, I've got a, I've got a large TV. I, I mean, it's 55 inches. And I was probably sitting 10 or 12 feet away, a reasonable distance from the TV. Right. And I couldn't see anything. I could not see what it said on the screen. 
in terms of like, and, and I promise you, it, it's an, it is not just me because it is an option in the game to increase the font size. Like they, they are aware that the font size is very small. Um, and so anyway, uh, I'm going to be completely honest. My, my review of this game or my impression of this game, I hated it. I hated this game. Um, I was angry at it for existing. Um, I think that maybe that's potentially an overstatement, but not by much. Well, I didn't like the original division, so I'm a hundred percent with you. I thought it was really weird, like a yeah. really weird game and frank fragmented. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, I'd agree with that completely. It's I just I could not see how A and B and C all work together in this game. It looks really good, and 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 it has things that you can do, but I don't want to do any of them. You know. Um, and it, it's like I, what I can, I can just tell. And probably because I'm, I'm already, my opinions tainted because I know what type of game it is. I can tell that, that it's almost like the, the campaign is put in here, but it's really not about the campaign. It's really not. A, it's. And so because of that, it's not as clear what exactly you're supposed to do in the camp, in the campaign. It's, it's, it didn't draw me in from the very beginning. It's like, you're expected to know a lot going into this game that I did not know. And and because of that, it just wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. I own it now, and I hate it. And and we'll get to one reason why that is uh, in our main topic. But <laughs> So I played The Division 2, but but I am going to play, by the time we record next time, I, I, I think I've got it. I think I know what I'm going to play next. And it's not going to be, it will be very far on the other end of the spectrum <laughs> from from this game. Uh, and anything that really we've played. Maybe Plants vs. Zombies is close. It's so. really good. And you could do couch co-op. I mean, come on. Well, that that is right up my alley. I think that I would enjoy that. So, Well, all right. Well, that brings us to the gaming news. Do you have any gaming news you'd like to share? Nope. I got no gaming news. We're still deep enthralled in Brexit horrendousness i hate that for you guys i know we said that last time but um i'm glad that it's it's not decided something terrible yet but i mean i know that it's everything's kind of teeter-tottering so well they've uh they've declined every single option that's been put on the table so far uh some of them multiple times three times twice so uh <laughs> i think there's a very real possibility that we'll leave with no negotiate offer or we won't leave at all. Yeah. And again, I, I can't speak for anything, but it sounds like uh, not leaving is better than leaving without a plan. I agree, but unfortunately I'm not in power. <laughs> <laughs> ah, to be in power. Well, <laughs> I have a couple uh, pieces of, of information, you know, this being, the farthest thing from Brexit or uh, politics. Um, there is a uh, there is a fifty million dollar esports arena being erected in Philadelphia, and I guess really the only reason I brought this up or even thought it was newsworthy is with uh, some companies like Blizzard laying people off, or they even have a a toy, uh, a fire fireworks that you can buy in game or in their store that. The proceeds, some of the proceeds, go
go towards uh, their esports teams, which you know we we reported and other places have reported that they uh, basically nixed their uh, Heroes of the Storm teams, so they're no longer competing. Uh, and I think that they're not really ramping up production on Heroes of the Storm, so they may actually, if you know, at one point cancel that game, which is kind of unheard of for Blizzard really? to okay. cancel a game like that. Um, I just feel like that's the the that's the the natural progression there. Uh, but uh, anyway, so but what I think is interesting about this this is fifty million dollar esports arena. This is this is money that's being invested in something that I think people uh, are interested in seeing. Uh, and in taking part of, um, you know, we've seen this, you know, this is, I think it's only getting bigger. So it just, I, I wonder how, if, if it's mismanagement, what is the issue with some of these companies? If, if they're losing money on these things, maybe they just don't know how to market them right. Uh, or maybe they just don't know how to, how to sell it. Uh, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's part of it is that the people who are making these decisions don't really understand, they don't understand Twitch and they don't understand game streaming and they don't understand competitive esports. They just understand sports and they understand things that are kind of maybe one or two degrees removed or steps removed. And, and I don't think all of the strategies that work for those things will work for this. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I just feel like there may be some people who are, making decisions about this that don't really understand what they're getting into, you know, but I'm glad I'm happy to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see this, this esports arena being erected. I think that's invest. They're investing in something that's going to stay around. I just hope they're investing it in the right space. Okay. I don't have an opinion about esports because it, as I think you'll soon find out, Many of them violate EULAs. Re oh, oh, yeah, oh, yes. Uh, we will. Um, maybe it will change my opinion as well. <laughs> uh, that's that's good. Well, uh, the other one was uh, there was a you know a couple weeks ago that Google, uh, you know, they they had their game at the game developers conference. They uh, unveiled the Stadia. And uh, there was an article in, I believe it was Kotaku. Um, I, I will, it will be in the notes. So if you're curious and you want to find it, I'll put it in the notes. Um, but it basically stated uh, the other side of the spectrum that, you know, streaming games is cool in theory. Uh, but perhaps the reason that Google is going this route has more to do with self-preservation than it does with actually changing the way gaming is done. And I thought that was a really interesting take on on their entry, you know, their first four way, four four way, four way, foray <laughs> into uh, the gaming <laughs> atmosphere, stratosphere, pragmatosphere. Um, just because that's right up their alley in terms of uh, just streamlining everything. Uh, you know, there you can stream their games and maybe through their own platforms right directly to the internet on their own version of Twitch, you know, their own version of, cause they kind of get, got rid of their gaming YouTube gaming, but I have a feeling that there will be something released with the stadia allowing you to directly connect, you know, kind of like Xbox does to Twitch. 
Um, but it will be Google, all Google, all the time. And I just think I think that's interesting. I think it's something to keep your eye on. And again, this is something that I will address in our main topic um, a little bit further. But uh, so though, anyway, that's our news. Uh, that's all I had and all I thought that was really noteworthy at the time. A little slow in the news arena. But um, but that brings us uh, to our last or to our third segment, our, our, our main topic, which really I, I've I've had trouble naming this. So I've named it a couple of different different things um on the actual episode i think um i think i named the episode tldr um because i think that's uh, that's kind of indicative of every legal agreement we've ever signed for apple from apple to xbox whatever too long didn't read (laughs) no that's true uh you know or uh, i also legal legal beagles so we are going to share with you guys uh, some of the legal, uh, maybe uh, some of the legal information that you may not have been privy to, or just didn't pay attention to, or didn't read all the way through. And I think this is going to, you know, uh, we're going to see how it reflects on gaming in general. So, uh, and then I've got some opinions on some of this stuff that may be somewhat related or not. I don't know. It just depends. It's it's our show. We do what we want. So. Excellent. Um, but yes, but Amanda, you, you kind of come, I guess you, you have more of a background in this area and you've done a little bit of research. So go ahead and why don't you share what you found, uh, you know, kind of about these, these agreements that we sign, uh, you know, on gaming sites, uh, you know, with, with the certain platforms, uh, and, and kind of what are, what are the implications of that? So, um, I'm using Blizzard's standard EULA and user license agreement as the template for things that I think gamers should get mad about uh, when it comes to gaming. Um, All these sort of terms and conditions that we're all forced to agree to if you want to play the game, which you have bought and paid for, and might I add, only have 14 days to return should you not want to agree to the terms and conditions. Um, In in the EU, though, there is a 30-day return statutory policy over here, so we get a little bit more time. But I'm I'm using the U.S. audience version because I think it's important to kind of highlight. Um, There are more protections over in in the U.K. and the European Union, so um, we have to agree to slightly less things than you guys do. Um, So let's just uh, (laughs) start from the top. So I think the most important thing that most of them agree to you, in order to make an account, which is often required to play games with any of the large uh, manufacturers, you need to be an adult and a legal resident of wherever you are. So everybody who ever made an account when they were 16 years old violated the EULA. Wow. So start with that. If uh, you're not a legal adult, then you've automatically violated it. If you are an adult and you make an account for use of a child, that's fine. But you take full and complete responsibility for every single thing that child does, including if they violate the EULA uh, or purchase things or whatever. They're completely not refundable. It's total your responsibility. Now... um, Blizzard, obviously, they want 
to let you know that they are not required to refund you any purchases that you make on the platform, um, uh, both for the subscription and also for any digital purchases made through the platform for any reason. So they, it doesn't have any time limit on that whatsoever. It says that you acknowledge that Blizzard is not required to refund amounts you pay to Blizzard for the use of the platform or for digital purchases made through the platform for any reason. So there's no return policy if you bought amount and then you change your mind and you don't like it. Um, Blizzard awesome. has the right to monitor and record your communications and you have no expectation that your communications will be private. They will disclose your communications for any reason, both legal and otherwise, to protect their own rights or the health and safety or to report a crime or other offensive behavior. But they're literally reading everything that you type. They record it somewhere and they can pull it up and share it whenever they want. Now, okay. uh, yeah. No, I'm just saying that doesn't see, I mean, that, that just doesn't seem. Really so good. they also note that the EULA is for entertainment and non-commercial purposes only. So if you are streaming the content and you make revenue off of it, technically that is a violation of the EULA. Wow. Um, so then they're talking, then they go into like trial versions, full versions. That's all fine. There's no big problems there. Um, you may play the games you have licensed at authorized publicly available cyber cafes or computer gaming centers on the platform through an account registered to you. Authorized publicly available cyber cafes. So if you play at a cyber cafe that's not authorized and publicly available, Technically, that's a violation of EULA. So all those land parties we were doing back in the 90s, problem. Yeah. Wow. Um, then, so let's skip forward to derivative works. Uh, so copy or reproduction, any reverse engineering, modify, uh, or creating derivative works is prohibited. So if you, um, if you make mods and stuff, that's a violation of the EULA. Now, my favorite one, I mentioned that we were going to talk about this, was esports. So use of the platform yeah. for esports or group competition sponsored, promoted, or facilitated by any commercial or nonprofit entity without obtaining additional authorization from Blizzard or obtaining their prior written consent is prohibited. So with these big tournaments, obviously that that's fine. I'm certain that that is happening but um with the um twitch streamers and stuff that do cooperative play um or some derivative competition that's probably a violation of the eula mm. um obviously duplicate items we all know that that's not allowed now you may create this is my favorite one you may create user generated um content they own it Anything you create using their platform is they have sole rights to copy, reproduce, make money off of it and force you not to make money off of it. So um, I made like a little music video one time in City of Heroes uh, using my characters and like put it up on YouTube. That was a violation of the EULA in so much as they're allowed to monetize that video and take any revenue from that that might be due. And they could make me take it down as well. Now, my favorite part is the Blizzard balance. So 
Blizzard Balance, I think, came into effect after I stopped playing World of Warcraft or really any Blizzard games. But I guess you have the ability to put U.S. dollars into your Blizzard account um, and use it to buy stuff. Right. Um, so it says that it it can only be used to obtain certain products and services offered by Blizzard, and it has no cash value. Mm-hmm. It is not transferable. It is not insured by the FDIC. Blizzard does not constitute or confer on you any personal property right. It is not a bank account. And while you can register and play on multiple accounts, you're not allowed to have more than three accounts with the Blizzard balance. So basically, you can put money into it, um, but in order, uh, but they the purchases are non-refundable, and the balance once it exists ceases to have a cash value. It's now yeah. funny money, and you you can't. It's not real. Like they don't have to pay it back out to you at any point. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. That sounds about right. Um, and well, then this, my know, favorite one. Which I didn't know of. Oh, 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 please do. Yes. The platform may incorporate third-party technology that enables advertising on the platform or in certain games playable on the platform, which may be downloaded temporarily to your personal computer and replaced during online play. As part of this process, Blizzard and its authorized third-party advertisers may collect standard information that is sent when your personal computer connects to the internet, including your IP address. I thought I'd end with that one. Yeah, no. Um, so obviously, you sign these things, and and you you have no privacy, and you're you really don't you really own very little of the experience, I guess. You own your That's memories. That. That's it. Literally, <laughs> yeah, you, you own your memories, but don't try. You to make you could have you could have a hundred like max level characters, and you are not allowed to sell, transfer them. If you wanted to teach someone how to play the game, and you wanted to be like a Fortnite coach or something like that, if you take money for that, you're technically violating the EULA. And I see there are like legitimate Fortnite coaches. Like I see this. Yeah. Like oh, being a Fortnite I've, I've coach, being a WoW coach, that's a violation of EULA. We all know gold farming and things like that is a violation, but it's they've gone so much deeper. Yeah. No, and they've and they've also taken a lot of precautions to it's one of the things that I don't like about consolidating accounts uh, to where everything goes through one thing. I, I did it with Blizzard because it's easier to do it through their downloader. Uh, and it's one of the companies that I've kind of trusted for the most part, but then they were bought by Activision after that or somewhere in that time frame. Uh, and things kind of started to change. I hope that it doesn't change much more for the worse, uh, but I have a feeling uh, that it will. So this reminds me, though, of I don't know if you saw it or if you even watch his YouTube channel, but of uh, Matt Penn on Game Theory, where he was talking about uh Copyright, uh, fan art, copyright protection, no, uh, just because some of your rights. Well, basically, basically, he's talking about how. Uh, okay, he he uses an example. A couple weeks ago, he did a video where he used assets that were basically three people removed. The guy that a guy that created Five Nights at Freddy's in one of his teaser trailers used assets that were fan art. Uh, assets. So they weren't even his, but they were art made from his characters that he created. 
So it's kind of not derivative works. Derivative yeah, works a bit. Yes, exactly. So, however, he pulled down his teaser because he didn't want to use fan art, even though it's fan art for characters he created. You know, did he have to do that? Maybe not. Uh, but he did it anyway because he wanted everything to be original and stuff that he did, not stuff that other people had done. But what MatPat showed is how easy it is to actually pull from Google and from other search engines uh, images that are that are fan art, but they're not labeled that way. They're actually labeled as you know for fair use or free use. So, um, and and it, that's because they have already been used on other sites. You know, and so because they've already been used illegally on other sites, they show up on these searches that way. And so then you can, you know, then you can get in trouble right. for, for using them without crediting the source. Uh, and so he just kind of talked about people's rights, fan art rights, uh, what is legal, what's illegal, you know, and, and a lot of the things that you listed, as well as other things that I wasn't aware of, uh, people are doing all the time, which is technically illegal, you know, um, I, I think that indirectly related to this, but related to this nonetheless, is the idea of the digital property to begin with. The, I mean, you have something that literally doesn't tangibly exist, right? And I'm paying actual money for it, which technically I'm also probably paying you digital money because it's going to be transferred over the internet and I never see it and I don't hand it to you or whatever, whatever. Um, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm giving you money that real world currency for a digital property that at any point in time, somewhere in your legalese, the plug could be pulled on this or in the, in the, uh, area of like, uh, downloadable content or season passes where I'm paying in yeah. advance for property that isn't even created yet. You don't have a legal obligation to actually make it. Like, I don't think that I don't think that in there it says that you are guaranteed to receive this property, that this is the promise. This is kind of like our word that you we've got this. And this is something Jim Sterling said, too, about these roadmaps that a lot of these games are coming out with, where they're telling you kind of they're selling you a game that's unfinished, such as Anthem. And then they're going to tell you about the next nine or 10 months, maybe next 12 months, all of this content they're going to release for the game. But it's not in the game right now, and you're paying in advance for it. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that it will be there anyway, because this is part of the live services gimmick. You know, that they get their money. He uses an example. It's one of it's it's one of my favorite examples. Um, but it's so dated. But I use it, I'm gonna use it anyway. Basically, you pay today. He he uses Wimpy from from Popeye. Oh. Paying today for a hamburger Tuesday. Yeah. Instead of getting a hamburger today and I'll pay, I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. You're paying today in the hopes that on Tuesday you get a hamburger. You're basically giving them their money for the hopes that you're going to get that gaming content. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that you will. That's and the problem though. That, that's, that's the real problem because what I, what I find frustrating about this is that they're asking gaming companies and technology companies seem to ask you to do things that are not really common practice in the rest of the real world. Like if no. I bought 
a canvas and some paint brushes and some paint and created a work of art, which I can't do because I can't paint. But let's just imagine, let's go on this journey. Right. The manufacturer yes. of the canvas or the paint brushes or the paint that I use does not get to claim right to my derivative work. Right. So right. the idea that a game can do it, it's much like this podcast, you know, we create digital content every week, but to a certain extent, right. we still own it. You know, we create it for the Temple of Geek platform. And I, you know, even though we don't have anything physically written down about who owns what, you know, we made it for them. I doubt we'd want to transfer the work anywhere else, but right. it's still our creative content. And I don't think that anyone would argue that. But the fact right. that you're asked to, before you experience the content, you're asked to um, agree to these terms and conditions that nobody ever reads. You probably made the account when you were 16 years old, which means you've been violating it your whole life. Um, I, right. don't, I just don't think that these things are relevant. You know, you're set up to fail kind of from the beginning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's just one of those things where, hey, it's not that big a deal. Just go ahead and sign it. And, you know, it's probably never going to come up or be an issue. Um, but when it is, it could be bad. It could be really bad. You know, it could be bad for the individual who signed it and wasn't aware exactly what they were signing or signed it thinking this was not going to be that big a deal. It's not thinking about the larger implications of it. You know, um, I, I, I purchased the division. I downloaded it onto my PS4 hard drive. I regret it, but I regret it more than anything else because I can't take that piece of shit and trade it back in at at a at a GameStop. You know, I don't own it, but I own it. If that makes sense, it's like I own it. I've got it, but I what good is it to me? It is a digital good that is worthless. You know, if, if in terms of like I I bought it, it might as well have just turned to dust because what can I do with it now? I could sell well, it. Well, you can check with Mula and see if you can return it within 14 days. <laughs> well, I've got, I, I think I've got time if that's the case, and maybe I will. And you know what? If it weren't for this particular episode, I would not have known that. You can just say that I, I refuse to accept the terms of this Eula. You have to refund me. <laughs> I like it. I will do that. Keep the kids at home. Listen. Listen up. Uh but maybe you only have 14 days unless you're in the UK. I mean, check, check there, Eula. It may be slightly different, but, you know, if Blizzard is the gold standard, and I think it's reasonable to assume that they are, that a right. similar term probably uh, exists in the Eula that you had to sign for Ubisoft. Well, and that was another thing. Oh, my God. That, um, thank you for that reminded me. I could not even play this game without making an account with, with Ubisoft. Yeah. I had to make an account with Ubisoft to play this game. And so it was like, if you don't want to make an account, I, which I which I said no first, it sent me back to the main menu. Like, it wouldn't even let me get into the game without making an account. So that yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like, it is ridiculous. It made me make an account. And so, uh, you know, and now if I wanted to, I could add all of my bank information or whatever, my card information. So if I wanted to go to the store, which is right on the user interface HUD, uh, then I could do that and I can go buy lots of stuff or, you know, now I can have the hat that I always wanted uh, to run around post-apocalyptic <laughs> DC. Uh, but, but it just, it, it already turned me off, man. And, and, you know, and so that all brings me to <laughs> the game that I am definitely going to play next week. 
Um, I'm going to play Yoshi's Crafted World. Oh, Nintendo. okay. Um, and the reason being is twofold. One, it's couch co-op. So that's one, that's one major reason. Excellent. Two, when I, what's that? Excellent. Love a bit of couch co-op. Yes. Couch co-op. It's, it's simple fun. Uh, and it's, it, everything, everything is straightforward in terms of that game. When I get that game, everything is straightforward. So like, I know exactly what I'm getting into. I know what type of game it is. I don't have to create, have created an account necessarily for it unless I wanted to download it from the e-store. I can go buy a hard copy of it if I want to and, and insert the cartridge. So it's like, they're just, and then if I wanted to trade it in, I could trade it in. But the thing is, is I know when I get it, I'm going to be getting a game and I know exactly what I'm getting into. With The Division, I had to really search to get any kind of reviews that told me anything about the game, like what's happening in the game. Not like, I know that I can get into a squad and go kill a boss and everything is very similar to, uh, oh, what's the what's the looter shooter, the big one that's on uh, Destiny. So it's, it's a looter shooter like Destiny where you get into your squads and you go take down bosses and you get new better guns and and that's that's great that's fine that is a genre that is a genre that a lot of people are that enjoy and maybe if i had some friends that played this as well and i could link up with their schedules we might do that but i did not enjoy playing it and so i don't know that i would enjoy that stuff either uh and so you know this isn't necessary this isn't a game for me i just thought that i'd enjoy the, the 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 campaign but I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what the campaign is about, and it's not clear, and it doesn't do a good job of telling me that. So anyway, so that's I'm going to play that game. I will have uh, a full report on it and how much fun I'm having playing it, and how colorful and nice and neat and disconnected from reality it is. So very excited. I like it. I mean, I don't like Nintendo, but I think Yoshi's cute. Yes, yes, I think this. I think this will be a good change, a good change of pace from some of the games I've been playing and, and you know, and just kind of uh, back to old school gaming, which I just I, I thoroughly enjoy. And I think that we'll we will definitely revisit this topic of digital streaming and digital downloads. And there's it's going to continue to change and and, uh, and change the way we game. Uh, and I have a feeling that the that whole landscape is going to change. I, you know, I, and I'm not sure I'm 100 percent for it. I think. There's something to be said for paying such an exorbitant amount of money for something that I don't technically, I don't own, you know, I can't just play this offline and that's frustrating. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, well that no, wraps up it. this well, episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. Oh, wait, what we, we I don't want to wrap it up. If you've got another thought. Final thought. No, my thought was I apologize in advance to listeners for reading out bits of the EULA because I know we all skip it, but sometimes it's good to remember what's actually in there. <laughs> That's a fact. So <laughs> sorry, but but not sorry. Take your medicine. <laughs> Take your medicine. That's right. You better learn. You're going to learn today. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion and all of that I've learned about EULAs. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, TemporalGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at RetroRebel at TemporalGeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. 
Until the next time. See you later.